how many of you are going through a battle that you need the victory? And raise your hand. Wave it at me right now. All right, now I want you to listen to me. You need to understand that the devil is not omnipresent. The word omnipresent means he's all places at all times. Our God is omnipresent. Our God can bless us in Israel. He can bless us in Texas. He can bless us in Oklahoma. He can bless us in London, England. He can bless us in, he can bless, our God is everywhere all the time. But the devil is not omnipresent. Plus, he only has one third of the angels that fell. So listen to me. If the devil is really attacking you, if the devil is really bringing a battle your way, if the devil is really bringing the war your way, it's because he has handpicked you. Listen, the devil is not fighting everybody all the time. If the devil is fighting you, it's because he handpicked you to fight because he is afraid of the victory that Jesus is about to bring in your life right now. Somebody shout amen. If the devil is fighting you, he is not omnipresent. That means he's handpicked you. Why? He's trying to stop you from moving into the blessing that is already yours, paid in full by the blood of Jesus Christ. Somebody give me a shout. Understanding that, we need to learn how to fight the devil. Faith is not that there is no battle. A lot of people think, well, this is happening, that's happening, I must not have faith. The Bible says that God has given every one of us, all of us, a measure of faith. Now, let me help you. I said this last week, but let me reiterate this. That doesn't mean that he gives this person a lot of faith, this person a little faith, this person less faith. No, God is no respecter of persons. He gives everybody faith. Now, faith is your muscle. Faith is your spiritual muscle. Every one of us, the moment we're born, the moment we're born again, God comes and says, here's faith, here's faith, here's faith, here's faith, here's faith. Every one of us has been given faith. Now listen to me. But the problem is most of us have developed negative faith instead of positive faith. Now, the Bible said, we talked about this last week, but I want to I lay the foundation again. The Bible says, God's word says, build yourself up in the most holy faith. Now, number one, everybody say the word build. You've all got faith. You've all got bench pressing 50 pound faith. But if you work on it, you'll end up bench pressing 500 pounds worth of faith if you build yourself up number one build everybody say build okay the word build means to exhort yourself to edify yourself to structure yourself everybody's got faith but number one you have to build it number two it says yourself god is not going to give us more faith He's already given us faith. He's given us the word of God, how to build that faith. Now you have to build yourself up. Who's it up to? Who's it up to? Okay, now watch this. Build yourself up 
in the most holy faith. The problem is every one of us has been given faith, but what we've done is we've built ourselves up in negative faith. I was talking about this up in the office, and I said, you can go, go to the restaurants all over Dallas right after church where people have just left the building singing what a mighty God we serve, singing our God reigns, and listen to their conversation around the table. They're talking about the problem. They're talking about how big it is and how ugly it is and how nasty it is. And the problem with that is you are building yourself up, but you're building yourself up in negative faith instead of the most holy faith. We need to break that curse that's on the church of being negative and we need to start being positive people because our God can do anything. Somebody say amen. Now listen to me. Many of you have a generational curse of being negative. Your mom, not, not, we're not mad at your mom. We're not battling with flesh and blood, but your mom was negative. Your dad was negative. Your grandma was negative. You know, the worst thing you can do when your mom calls is say, how are things going? What's it like when you get together for a family reunion? What's it like when you get together for Christmas? Everybody's talking about how bad it is. And I'll tell you, and unfortunately, unless you build yourself up in the most holy faith, you have developed a negative faith. You know, I was thinking about this when I was in my office yesterday and writing this down, and I was in an airport in Tucson a couple months ago, and my plane was delayed, and so I was standing by the window looking out, and there was these two ladies next, uh, sitting behind me, sitting next to each other. And they were talking about, uh, uh, man, you know, the planes are crashing. And they're talking about terrorists. And then they, then they, you know, it was an a, a hour and a half delay. And so they started talking about how their mom died of a stroke and their dad died of this. And they're, you know, and they're, they're all, what they're doing is topping each other's negative story. Come on, how many have been around people like that? Don't raise your hand on this. How many are like this? See, we love to talk. We love to fellowship. But most people aren't in the habit of talking about positive things. I mean, for an hour and a half, these folks were trying to top each other's uh, how sick they were and how many people died. And the one lady goes, well, I don't even have any chance. And I prayed. I said, Lord, don't let these people be on my airplane. Now we laugh, but a lot of you, and I say this to encourage you, a lot of you are like that. When you, you get out of the boat, Jesus said, come and walk on the water. The sermon illustration of Peter walking on the water was not him sinking. The sermon illustration is he took his eyes off of the promise and he put them on the problem. We have to break that curse of being negative Because faith is either something that will create, now listen to me, or faith is something that will destroy. How many have Hebrews chapter 11? Look at verse 1. What's the first word there? Now, now look at me. Now faith is. Not, Not yesterday's faith. Now look at me, look at me here a second. Not yesterday's faith. Not tomorrow's faith. Now, you're, you, you get bad news at work, or you get mad news here, or, this, or you get this challenge, or you're going through this valley. You've got to have now faith. It doesn't matter what you believed yesterday. 
doesn't matter what you're going to believe next year. Now, everybody shout now. Now. You, in order to walk in the prosperity and the victory and the joy, it's not mean you're not going through a valley. It just means you're going through the valley. Doesn't mean that you're not in a desert. It just means water's coming out of that rock. Doesn't mean you're not in a period of hunger, but God's going to open the windows of heaven. What you've got to realize is you've got to have now faith. And now look at me. The word of God is a two-edged sword. Okay, it'll bless you or it'll curse you. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not yet seen. Faith doesn't only give you the mountain. Faith makes you look like a grasshopper in the, in the eyes of those giants. Faith is not only positive, faith is negative. Say amen. What you need to develop, what you need to build yourself up. Build yourself. What do you got to do? Build. Who's going to do it? You've got to build yourself up. I can teach you, you can read the word of God, but only you can discipline yourself to build yourself up in the most holy faith. You have to make yourself do it. You have to make yourself in the middle of that battle, in the middle of that trial, in the middle of that challenge. You have to say, now I have faith that my God can still walk on water. Somebody say amen. See, every one of us has got faith. You get on an airplane, you got faith. You get in the car, you got faith. You go to work, you got faith. Now we need to build ourselves up in the most holy faith. And the way we started that was, is with the power of your words. Now watch this. For by the elders' faith, by the elders obtained a good testimony. And by faith, now look at this. Let me, let me help you here. Get yourself a Bible. Write in that Bible. Circle words. Put, you know, I've got so many notes in my Bible that, that, that reminds me of something that somebody taught me 10 years ago. So underline this. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Underline that word framed and put in the side note, that word frame literally means recreated. If you go back to the book of Genesis, what does God say? He says, let us recreate. Now, we don't necessarily know what came before, but when God speaks in Genesis, he is recreating the world by the words that he speaks. Look at me. You can recreate your circumstance. You can go from debt into no debt. You can go from sickness into divine health. You can go from lack into prosperity. You can go from not enough into more than enough. You can go from your kids on drugs to your kids being preachers. You are made in the image of God and you can reframe the world, your personal world, by the words that you speak. Somebody shout amen. Now I I need to say that again. You can reframe your world. You can recreate your circumstance. You can recreate your situation. How can I do that? By saying what God already says about you. 
by taking the word of God and coming in agreement with that, instead of agreeing with the winds and the storms and the waves, you come in agreement. It doesn't make any sense, but if my God said I can walk on water, I'm walking on water because my God is not a natural God. My God is a more than that. Oh, somebody ought to shout amen. Now watch this. By faith, we understand that the worlds were recreated, were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Real quick, because I need to get on the next part. What does that mean? By speaking God's word, by coming in agreement with what God already says about you, you can take and create something out of nothing. Pastor, how how can I become uh, wealthy? How can I become debt-free? I don't know, but God already said it happened. I don't need to be able to figure it out. God's foolishness is smarter than my wisdom. Somebody shout amen. Amen. See, that the problem is we go, well, that doesn't make any sense. Listen, it doesn't make any sense for a man to walk on water. It doesn't make any sense for water to come out of a rock. It doesn't make any sense for somebody to go fishing to pay their taxes. It doesn't make any sense for a little shepherd boy who was the least in his family to kill a giant and become a king of all kings of Israel. It doesn't make sense, but my God can turn nothing into something because he's the God of God. Somebody shout amen. He is the God of creation. Every time you speak, you create. Let me say it again. Every time, say every time. Listen, if I, faith is not a gimmick. Faith is not some, some mystical thing out there. You can build yourself up in the most holy faith. As a matter of fact, this last generation is going to build themselves up. This last generation is going to see the power of God like we've never, ever seen it before. Might as well be you. You have to build yourself up. Build yourself up. Every time you say it, you pray it. Let me say it again. Think about it. Every time I say something, I'm praying something. And God always answers prayer. I'll never get ahead. So be it. Somebody's going to get rich. Might as well be me. So be it. Our kids are going to die on drugs. Our kids are getting off of drugs and going to become leaders in the kingdom of God. Everybody say calling. Calling those things. Calling. Calling those things which are not as though they were. That's faith calling those things. The 10 spies heard the promise. God said, I've given you a promised land. It flows with milk and honey. They went out and spied out the land. They came back and said, the land's there, just like God said. That's why God lets you see healing in other people. God lets you see prosperity in other people. God lets you see success in other people. God lets you see good marriages in other people. Why? Because if he'll do it for one of us, he'll do it for all of us. Somebody say amen. But what they do, instead of looking at all the promises of God, they looked at the giant. They looked at the obstacle. They looked at the battle. And they came back and said, they came back and said, we are grasshoppers in our own sight. 
Therefore we are in their sight. And God said, whatever you say is what you get. Now I know that sounds so simple. But folks, you need to realize the spiritual world. Whatever you say, you have prophesied this into your own life. So stop prophesying negative things. Get rid of that habit. Everybody say habit. Say habit again. Get rid of that habit of talking about how bad it is. Get rid of the habit, the curse of talking about how negative it is. Get rid of that family curse of talking about the problems. Don't talk about the problems. Talk about the promise. See, this is why, and some of you that are new, this is why on on the Sabbath, you are forbidden to talk about problems. From Friday night to Saturday night, you're forbidden to talk about debt. You can only talk about Jehovah Jireh, your provider. You're forbidden to talk about your sickness. You can only talk about by his stripes we are healed. Why? Because God wants you to get in the habit of prophesying what he's already paid for before the foundations of the earth, before the world ever began, you were already healed. Before the foundation of the earth, you were already prosperous. Before the foundation of the earth, you were already more than a conqueror. What God is doing now is giving us a chance to catch up with what he's already done. We might as well claim it. Somebody say amen. Now watch this. Ezekiel said, God comes to Ezekiel. Now look at it. What is your situation? And, I, and, and I'm not being negative. I'm just saying, what is your situation? Is it a marriage problem? Is it a health problem? Is it a, is it, is it a debt that only God can cancel? Is it, is it that you, you, there, there's no way in your own mind you can ever go from poverty into prosperity? God brings Ezekiel... And he shows them a valley full of dead bones. Now look at me. This is a tremendous lesson. If I can get you to learn this one thing, I can change your life. He doesn't show them a valley full of dead bodies. He doesn't show them a valley full of sick people. He doesn't show them a a valley full of, 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 of just corpses laid out. He shows them a valley. No flesh. No hair. Nothing but dry bones. It's as bad as that situation can be. And God says to Ezekiel, let me put it this way. God says to you, can these bones live? Can you become debt free? Are you going to be healed? Remember what Jesus, when the, when the, when the, uh, see, we always say yes, but, but when, what do we say when we're in the car going home? What do we say when we're around the kitchen table? What do we say when we're facing this, now we need faith? That's why God says he's gonna play back every idle word we've spoken. Because we're gonna go, Lord, why didn't, you do, why didn't you do this? And God will go, I love you, Lord. You know what, I know he said prosperity, but that'll never happen for us. Come on, I, I live in the real world. So God comes to you, Ezekiel, And he says, can this situation in your life rise again? What does Ezekiel say? God, you know. God said, no, 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 don't put it on me. You prophesy. Every time you speak, you are prophesying over your family. 
You are prophesying over your money. You are prophesying over your future. You're prophesying over your destiny. So we need to break that curse of prophesying doom and gloom and release that blessing that has already been paid for. Come in agreement because God said, listen to this. God said you are more than a conqueror. Have you ever stopped to think what that means? How can you be more? A conqueror is one who wins. How can you and I be more than somebody who wins? Because we're the least unlikely to win. We're the least likely to win. We're, we're, our, our bones are dry. Our situation is as far as it can be from being answered. But God said, even when everything says you lose, if you'll come in agreement with me, you are more than a conqueror. Somebody's going to win. Somebody shout amen. All right. Say this out loud. Father, I break the curse on me and my family. Of every negative word I've ever spoken. And if I ever say anything negative again, let all my hair fall out. No, 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 no. Some of you, that's already, it's already too late. Don't ever, you know what? Help each other. If you're married or if you've got kids, help each other. Say, don't be negative. Don't be negative. Talk to each other. You've got to train yourself up. You've got to be able to run 100 yards before you can run a mile. Are you with me? All right, now go with me to the book of Philippians, chapter 4, and I want to take you into the second part, and, and, and I didn't mean to go so long on that, but boy, it is so important that you realize the words that you say have creative power. Every time you speak, think about that. The words that you say have creative power. Now we're going to go from positive words into positive thoughts. Now, the question when I was praying about this is, Lord, do the thoughts come before the words or the words come before the thoughts? What's ever in a man's heart, out of his mouth speaks, right? But faith cometh by hearing. And so it's kind of like, which comes first, the chicken or the egg? It doesn't make any difference. We need them both. All right, read with me in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord how often? So every day, not just in church, not when things are going wrong. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness or your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. Now look at me. Don't worry about anything but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to god and the peace of god now underline the word peace and put next to it nothing missing nothing broken that's what the word shalom means nothing missing Nothing missing from your life. Nothing missing from the promises of God. Nothing broken. Nothing broken in your life, in your marriage, in your family, in your body. And the peace of God, now watch this, which surpasses all understanding. Now look at me a second. How many believe that if you go home today and turn on your television, you could have people golfing in Hawaii but see them in your television. How many believe that? Wave at me if you believe that. How does that happen? 
How do all those little guys get through that wire? I don't know, but it does. By faith, I turn on that television, and it's beyond my understanding. It's beyond my knowledge. Some people know that, but I don't know. How many believe that somebody really did land on the moon? You and I don't know how that happens. How many know, how many, ladies, how many of you believe when you turn the key on your car, that car's going to go? Even though you think all those red lights that come on your dash are just to look pretty, they're not. There's a lot of things that we trust in that we don't understand. One of the things that we need to learn how to trust in is the wisdom of God is beyond our understanding. Well, how can God break you free of heroin addiction? I don't know how he did it. He just did it. One day I was a drug addict. The next day I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. The world says once a junkie, always a junkie. But the word says who the son sets free shall be free indeed. How did that happen? Don't know, but here it is. Now watch this. The nothing missing, nothing broken of God, which surpasses all understanding, which guards your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. How is it that I don't understand how it is that when I give God my tithe, he will take that tithe and multiply it. I don't understand that. I have no idea. But I know that when I do that, he will. It surpasses my knowledge. Now, let me help you with this. Here's something that I learned a long time ago. You and I are not smarter than God. Amen? So we might as well come to God as a child unless we come to God as a child. Now, I'm not going to have you raise your hand. I'm not saying this to embarrass anybody. So many people, so many people don't tithe because they say to themselves, I can't afford it. We know that a tenth belongs to God, but we don't give it because we say, I can't conf- afford it. Because we don't understand that God's wisdom is beyond our wisdom. And when we give him our tenth, he multiplies that. But watch this. But when we say, I would tithe, but I can't afford to tithe, God says, okay, you can't afford to tithe. You just created that because your wisdom you think is greater than mine. Say amen. Amen. The doctor comes to you and says it's terminal. You need to, not with that doctor, but you need to say, you know what, thank you very much, but I'm already healed. Oh, no, the tests prove you're not. The tests are facts. We're not living by facts. We're living by faith. And the word of God says, by his stripes, you are already healed. Somebody shout amen. All right, now watch this. Now watch this. How do we do this? Building yourself up. Now watch verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, if your facts don't match up with God's word, your facts are not true. Jesus came in and this little girl was dead. Jesus came in calling those things which are not as though they were and says, she's not dead. She's only sleeping. You need not only guard your mouth, but guard your ears. Don't let people speak. What did Jesus, Jesus, Jesus calling those things which are not, 
as though they were. The fact was she was dead. But Jesus said she's not. And if Jesus says she's not, then what Jesus says is bigger than the fact. And then he ran all the unbelievers out. You don't hang with negative people, all right? So whatever, whatever things are true, the word of God is true, not our fact. Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Now let me show you something here. Do we, we have a few more minutes? Everybody say meditate. I've seen very few sermons or heard very few sermons on meditate. And yet meditates all through the Bible. If somebody came up and offered you, uh, uh, came up to you and said, you have change for an $11 bill, would you give it to them? (laughs) Nobody in their right mind would counterfeit an $11 bill. Am I right? You can only counterfeit something that is true. And so when the devil came up with counterfeiting meditation, it was to take the eyes off of the revelation of meditation from the church, and all Christians think meditation is something of the devil. And yet God said, whatever is holy, whatever is good, whatever is praiseworthy, I want you to meditate on these things. Meditation is not contemplating your belly button. Um, um, uh. Meditations in the Bible. The word meditate, if you look it up and study it, it means to see it and to say it. It means to see it. Do you see yourself poor? Do you talk about yourself being poor? Or do you see, you know, now I know the people watching my television are going to get up. Some people will get upset about this. When you, if you're, if you're, if you're believing for a better home, don't be driving through the trailer park. Go in one of them nice neighborhoods. You need to see it. Where there is no vision. Are, are you get, I know, I'm taking this slow because this is not just a hype. This really works. You need to see it and say it. Where there is no... My people perish. They, they perish in the prosperity. They perish in joy. They perish in... Why? They have no vision. Pastor said, you know, we can own our own house. Well, I don't know how that can happen. I don't know either. I don't know how water came out of a rock. I don't know how that, but I know it happened. I don't know how God turned me from a heroin addict to a preacher. I don't know how that happened, but I know it happened. So you got to, whatever is lovely. Okay, let's turn it around. Whatever's, don't meditate on what's ugly. Now, I know I'm taking this real slow today, but I want a breakthrough for you. Most of you meditate on what's ugly. We're grasshoppers. We can't do it. What a little God we serve. Discipline. 
Whatever's lovely, what, meditate. Now, I, I'm, I'm, not being, I'm not being, you know, hyper this or hyper that. I'm giving you Bible. How many want a new house? What kind of house do you want? Go look at some houses. Take some pictures. Get your wife out. Stand in front of it. Hang it on your fridge. Now, I'm serious. Say, oh, that's faith stuff. It's out of the Bible. The Bible's the best faith book there is. Look, look at me. The weapons of our warfare are not of this world, but they are mighty. This is not a gimmick. Faith is not a gimmick. It's a lifestyle. Faith is a muscle. Take what you want. Listen, I, 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 want, I want a new church for us. I've already walked on the land. We've walked around it. We've closed our eyes. We picture it. We begin to envision. Now watch this. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. I know I can. I know I can. I know I can. Let me tell you. Let me, I don't, let me, let me take you on a progression. I don't think I can. Do I think I can? I know I can. It's already done. It's already done. Do you get it? Now watch this. Watch this. Look at me. I got to go quick. Look at this. Whatever's good, whatever's lovely. All right. Don't think about the bad things. Meditate on these things. See it and say it. See it and say it. I used to teach, before I knew Jesus, I used to teach meditation. I used to teach a certain worldwide known meditation. And I'm telling you something, when you do it, supernatural things happen. Only problem is, outside of Jesus, they're demonic supernatural things. But they are supernatural. How many know the devil has power too? Moses threw down his staff, turned into what? Snake. The Jannies and Jambres, the witch doctors threw down their staff, turned into a snake too. The problem is, or the victory is, Moses' one snake ate the devil's two snakes. See it and say it. See it and say it. See it and say it. One of the wealthiest men in the world was being trained as a young man by the man who at that time was the wealthiest man in the world. And he said, I'll teach you something. I'll teach you how to become wealthy if you'll do something for four weeks. He said, what's that? Every day, stand in front of the mirror, look at yourself and say, someday I'm going to be the richest man in the world. And so he said, the first three or four or five days, I give him say, okay, someday I'm going to be the richest man in the world. Someday I'm going to be the richest man in the world. And he said, about after a week, it dawned on him, somebody's going to be the richest man in the world. Might as well be me. And he talked himself in because he could see it and he could say it. That's not a worldly principle. That is a biblical principle. What does God say about you? You need to close your eyes. You need to see your kids in church lifting their hands and praising God. You need to see yourself driving your new car to church. You need to see yourself being the boss and not the employee. Why? Because God said you are more than a conqueror. Somebody shout amen. Come on, give the Lord a clap offering. Now watch this. Meditate on these things. See it and say it. 
For the things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. Don't be just hearers of the word, but be doers also. Why? Watch this. And the God of nothing missing, nothing broken will be with you. Nothing missing. When the Lord comes back for us, what kind of church is he coming for? He's not coming back for a church that's in debt. Not coming back for a church that's sick. He's, when, when Israel came out of Egypt, on the way out, God healed them all. There were not even any feeble. They weren't even weak. And on the way out, the wealth of the wicked was put into their hands. That is an example of you and I if we have faith. Everybody shout if. So that there will be nothing missing, nothing broken. Your faith, your faith creates. How many know the story of Job? Why did that happen? I have heard so many different illustrations of why God did this to Job. God did not do this to Job. Job did it to Job. What did Job say? The thing I feared the most. I knew this was going to happen. I knew we were going to lose our jobs. I knew, I knew that, that we were going to get fired. I knew that we would never get a raise. I knew that, and according to your faith, be it unto you. Job, the thing, Job said, the thing I feared the most has come upon me. Can I give you one more scripture? Go with me to 2 Corinthians, because this, uh, this, this so ties it down. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. Now watch this. The Bible says in the book of James, let me, let me, let me slow down because you need to hear this. The Bible says in the book of James is that many of us are like a man who looks in the mirror and then walks away and forgets what manner of man he is. Do you have 2 Corinthians 10? All right, now put your finger there and look at me a second. I want to show you something. The word of God says that many people are like a man who looks in the mirror. How many of you look right now exactly the way you did when you got up this morning? The Word of God. The Word of God says we're more than conquerors. The Word of God says you're to be the head and not the tail. The Word of God says you're to be debt-free, not in debt. You're to be the lender. Is that what the Word of God says? Okay, we look at that. Here we are in church, we look at that. It's like a man looking in the mirror, but then he walks away. What if you'd have got a, I don't know about you, but when I, when I get up sometimes in the morning, my hair's all sticking out like this. My mustache is stuck up like this. I got pillow scars on my face. What if I went in the mirror and my mustache is sticking up, my hair's all sticking up, and, I, and then I got a phone call and forgot what I looked like and came to preach. Do, do you ladies look like what you got up this morning? Come on, you took two or three minutes. You're going to fix yourself up. Touch your neighbor and say, today I'm fixing myself up. Now what I'm teaching you to do is it, to fix yourself up, to build yourself up. Don't hear this and then walk away and forget it. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, look at verse 3. 
For though we walk in the flesh, everybody say, I'm in the flesh. Now you are, you, this is flesh. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Now look at me. There's going to be a battle over your finances. There's going to be a battle over your marriage. There's going to, the devil tried to attack Tiz last month. There's, there's going to be a battle. But we are more than conquerors. You got to... All right, let, let me ask you something. How many of you... I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm from the streets. Okay? In the streets, there's no gentlemanly way to fight. There's no Kingsbury rules. It's whoever gets down baddest. Don't worry about you, you don't worry about how you do it. You need to just get up and start knocking the fire out of the devil because God has given you some tremendous weapons. He's, he's given you spiritual switchblades, clubs, baseball bats. Some of you church people don't even know what I'm talking about. Now look at this. Verse 4. For the, for the weapons of our warfare. Everybody say warfare. warfare. Faith is not that there is no war. Bishop, faith is that when the war comes, you're going to pull out the Holy Ghost baseball bat. You're going to pull out the Holy Ghost machine gun. You're going to pull a Holy Ghost. Because these weapons are yours, and you are more than a conqueror. Doesn't matter how big or bad it looks. Greater is he that's in you than anything that can... Oh, somebody ought to shout amen. Now, now let me show you. For the weapons of our warfare are not cardinal carnal but mighty everybody say mighty Mighty. see we think our debt is mighty we think the doctor report is mighty god is mighty for the pulling down of strongholds now watch this casting down imaginations now look at me underline that word imaginations or underline our, our arguments And write in your Bible, reasonings are logical thinking. The weapons of our warfare are not of this world, but they are mighty in God. They're spiritual, they're powerful, they're mighty, casting down imaginations. Casting down logical thinking that exalts itself above the knowledge of God bringing every thought how many thoughts how many thoughts how many thoughts how many thoughts every thought casting down reasoning or logic that exalts itself above the knowledge of god how many have ever heard the 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 saying that's the oldest trick in the book how many ever heard that wave at me that's the you know what the oldest trick in the book is has God said? Has God said you're to be the head and not the tail? Has God said you're to be the lender, not the borrower? See, somebody comes and says, well, you know what? You're just, you're just a woman. Here, here's, here's reasoning and logic. Well, you're just a woman. And you know what we do? You know, and this is a man's world. And we go, oh, thank you for this thought. Thank you for this reasoning and logic. I know God said I'm the head and not the tail, but thank you for sharing that. And I'm going to keep this. I'm going to carry it home with me. Matter of fact, when I get this home, I'm going to feed it so it grows. 
I'm going to build it a room so it lives with me. Is that what the Bible says? Here's your reasoning. Here, here's the word of God. Here's reasoning or logic. Some, the devil comes and gives you reason and logic. Don't hold on to it. Don't, oh, I don't receive it. Cast that down. Cast it down. Shatter that so that it has no place in your life ever again. Somebody shout amen. Stand with me all over the building. Stand with me. Casting down reasonings and logic that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. You got to cast it down. In, in a Jewish wedding, they take a cup at the end of the wedding. They take a cup. They wrap it in a cloth. They put it down there. And the groom smashes it. And what's he saying? He's saying, my past and her past does not exist anymore. You need to do the same thing when the devil said it won't work for you. You're not good enough. You're not strong enough. You're not smart enough. You're not holy enough. You need to wrap it up in the word of God. Throw that down and cast it that it has no place in your life again. Somebody say amen. Years ago, my sister went to college where I, where I played football. And she was in a class, and her teacher was one of my ex-football coaches. And he was reading the first day, he was reading the list, and it came down to my sister's name and said, Huck. And he said, I had a, I had a guy that played ball for me, Larry Huck. Do you know him? And she goes, yeah, that's my brother. He goes, really? What's he doing now? She said, he's a preacher. The coach goes, no, different guy. (laughs) She said, no, no, really, he's a pastor now. The coach says, no, trust me. Trust me, dear, this is not the same guy. She said, no, 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 He, he, he used to play football here, but now he's a pastor. And the coach said, listen, I know who I'm talking about. And you've got to understand, there is no way that Larry Huck could go from what he was to being a preacher, calling those things which are not as though they are. What has the devil said you can't become? What has the devil said God can't do for you? I'm here to tell you, not only can God do it, but when he hung on that cross, he said it's finished. It's already been done. Somebody shout amen. Stand with me. Say this out loud. Father, I break the curse of every negative word and every negative thought that comes into my mind or comes out of my mouth. Now lift your hands up. Look at me. Say this out loud. I reverse that curse. Words I have spoken. Thoughts I have had. About myself, about my family, about my children, about my destiny, about my prosperity. I break every curse and I receive everything paid in full. Prosperity is mine, healing is mine, joy is mine, health is mine. It's all mine. 
It is all mine. It is all mine. Today. In Jesus name. Now give the Lord a clap offering and celebrate it. See it and say it. See it and say it. See it and say it.